Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And I'm your host, Doris Hansen. And we just want you to know that the purpose of our show is to challenge Mormon polygamists to check out your doctrine, to go way back past Joseph Smith, clear to Jesus Christ, and discover where he ever said that polygamy was God's will for you. Truthfully, Jesus Christ saves us all by himself, and he doesn't need anyone to live polygamy to help him take anyone into heaven. And if you or anyone that you know is in polygamy and you would like to get out, a Shield and Refuge ministry can help you escape. A safe place is provided and everything that you talk about with them is held in strict confidence. We do have a toll-free number for them as well. It's 877-425-9993. And you can give them a call anytime. If you want to make any comments about our show, we have an email address or a telephone number for you to do that. The email address is email at whatloveisthis.tv and the telephone number for the show is 385-240-2888 if you have comments or questions or suggestions about our programs. And I'd like to introduce now and welcome (laughs) our special guest Co-host Earl Erskine. Nice to be here again. And Thank you for having me. It's great to have you back and to help me as we discuss and put in your two cents worth yeah. is very sensitive very subject. Very sensitive issues We're talking tonight. tonight. Today. <laughs> Today, tonight, whichever, whenever they're watching. Yes. <laughs> in this age of everything goes and live and let live and religious libera- uh, liberty and tolerating everyone and everything and being non-judgmental, we find many discussions where people are giving their personal opinions about polygamy. It's interesting to note that most of these people have neither lived polygamy themselves, nor have they personally known anyone who has managed to get out of the polygamous lifestyle. Most of their opinions are based on total ignorance of Mormon polygamy, um, of Joseph Smith, of polygamy for salvation, or why polygamy is even in the Bible. They often say that they think polygamy is okay as long as adults are making the decisions for themselves and children aren't involved. Little do they realize how that statement shows their ignorance of Mormon polygamy, Mormon Fundamentalist United Order Groups, or Section 132 of the Mormon Doctrine and Covenants. On November 23rd of 2011, Canadian-British Columbian Supreme Court Justice Robert Bauman handed down a decision for Canada after a year-long reference case to determine if it was unconstitutional for Canada to ban polygamy. He ruled that the ban against polygamy in Canada is warranted and is constitutional. He said the harms against women and children that polygamy causes outweigh any religious rights that polygamists claim to have. 
The investigations that took place for this ruling are a treasure mine of information and the resulting professional studies on the tragic effects of polygamy in families and on individuals are priceless. This show and the next two shows we will focus on details from many of these studies about the harms of polygamy. One study said this about it. It says, recent empirical research suggests that in virtually every respect, polygamy is socially detrimental to society in general, to men, to women, and to children. To men, women, and children. Today's show, we are going to discuss the harms of polygamy on children. And part two next time, we will discuss the harms of polygamy on women. And the final part three, we will discuss the harms of polygamy on males and its harmful effects on society in general based on these studies. From Harvard University in Washington, D.C., we quote from a comparison on behavior and academics of children from polygamous families with those from monogamous families. Now, it included 255 third grade children. 153 came from monogamous families, and 102 of the children came from polygamous families with two wives. We quote. Quite telling here. These studies revealed that two-wife children tended to have higher levels of behavior problems and higher levels of attention problems than did their one-wife counterparts. Also, two-wife children had higher rates of absenteeism and lower levels of overall academic achievement than did one-wife children. And it is telling. And yes. as we go through some of these studies, we'll even get more telling information. <laughs> In 2008, over 400 children were removed from the YFZ Ranch in Texas run by the FLDS Polygamy Group. The Texas Department of Family Serv Protective Services was concerned that the FLDS were marrying young girls to older men. Now, the raid, of course, caused an outcry from the mothers and also from people across the nation. Many were of the opinion that this was a violation of their religious rights. But the Supreme Court in 1878 ruled against the right to practice religion if it broke the laws. So the polygamists do not have an inherent or constitutional right to take multiple wives. We would like to quote now from the St. Louis Law Journal. As Professor Marcy Hamilton pointed out, the boys were being groomed to be rapists, the younger girls were being groomed to be victims, and the adolescents were being sexually assaulted on a regular basis. Returning the children without conditions for their protection, as the FLDS leaders claimed is their right, could be construed as permission to continue the community practice of sex and marriage to children as young as 12 years old. And that's what Warren Jeffs was. And that's what they discovered. That's for. why they took the children away. Yeah. It wasn't violation of religious right, it was protect the children. And despite the raid on the YFC ranch in 2008, three years later, the British Columbia Attorney General filed a list of 31 underaged girls with their birth dates and their marriage dates, along with the names of the parents and relatives who trafficked these underage girls between Canada and the United States to marry older FLDS polygamous mm. men. The raid didn't teach them a thing, did it? Yeah. So even after the raid and the, uh, the sexual assaults and the underage trafficking and marriages by the FLDS polygamists didn't stop. <laughs> 
In polygamous communities, there is a hierarchy of polygamous leadership and all are under the control of one leader for each group. The leader is considered to be God's prophet, to be God's mouthpiece. Patriarchal and hierarchical structure is based on power and control, and time has proven that generally absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think Always. we've all heard that. And polygamy group leaders have absolute power. It is a given that the patriarchal leadership in polygamous communities become corrupted by the ultimate power one man possesses over all the families and individuals of the group. This corruption is evidenced by his authorizing or even placing child brides into his own marriage bed or the marriage bed of other older men. And it's not only is not unusual, but it's highly likely that girls 14 or 15 years and even younger are given this way in marriage. In other words, underage marriages are not an exception to their normal practice. The future for women in polygamy is often hopeless, but it is even worse for the well-being of children. And we quote from another study. Yeah, I think this is a, a good perspective. Because the polygamous wives tend to be younger <clears throat> and less well-educated, their children suffer in not having more mature mothers, as would be more typical of their counterparts in a monogamous society. The children suffer also from having multiple stepmothers involved in ongoing struggles with each other. Half-siblings must compete for limited resources while having weaker genetic bonds to mitigate the conflict. So you can see it's not a peaceful no. condition that they live in. And so, of course, that shows that rather than family relationships being a source of support, as they should be, they endanger the children in polygamous families. Sexual abuse is a normal behavior of closed polygamous families and communities. The majority of those who are interviewed after they have escaped polygamy tell horror stories of rampant abuse, and it is generational. We have another quote. From, also from the Law Journal. The belief system of an FLDS sect results in the men in polygamous families abusing the women and children that are a part of the sect and their family among a host of other problems. Fundamentalist sects foster incest, underage marriage, sexual abuse, rape, physical abuse, non-consensual marriage, birth defects, welfare fraud, poverty, and a deprivation of education and other opportunities. The problem of sexual abuse in the FLDS is a prevalent byproduct of polygamy. Wow. Yes, it is a wow. Men in these groups target little girls who know only the life of polygamy. Mothers raise their daughters to become plural wives. Parents raise their children to get married while they're still children. People just don't realize the devastating effect polygamy has on so many young girls. And more tragic is that polygamy parents, polygamous parents, willingly give their young daughters to the older men and call it an honor. Well, this is their way to get to heaven, right? This is their way, yeah. More from the Law Journal. 
Courts that refuse to rule on the inevitable are shutting their eyes to what is before them and effectively allowing child abuse to continue. By turning a blind eye to polygamy's negative ramifications, state governments indirectly condone and thus perpetuate abuse and neglect. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today and also in in the next two shows in this series because by turning a blind eye, they are in a sense, condoning it. It's not good. Dr. Larry D. Beal, a a PhD in clinical psychology at Brigham Young University, has done comprehensive studies on the impact of polygamy on women and children. Dr. Beal writes about sexual grooming done to the daughter by the father in some of the polygamy groups. Sexual grooming is, in fact, unfolding that the father is behaving inappropriately with his daughter without her mother knowing about it. If this is the case, it is unlikely that the child would tell her mother if informed that this was a, that this was a special secret. And so, if sexual grooming is a part of polygamous practice, and we have seen clinical evidence that it is not unusual, the child suffers sexual abuse and all the attendant emotional and physical problems that ensue during childhood and throughout adulthood as abundantly demonstrated in professional literature. As the St. Louis Law Journal wrote, by turning a blind eye to polygamy's negative ramifications, state government indirectly condone and thus perpetuate this abuse and the neglect. Studies revolting, uh, resulting from the Canadian reference case have uncovered various types of, of abuse that are rampant in polygamy. We have another quote. Here's some more. Children in polygamous families face higher infant mortality. They tend to suffer more emotional, behavioral, and physical problems, as well as lower educational achievement than children in monogamous families. These outcomes are likely the result of higher levels of conflict, emotional stress, and tension in polygamous families. In particular, rivalry and jealousy among co-wives can cause significant emotional problems for their children. The inability of fathers to give sufficient attention to all of their children can further reduce children's emotional security. Children are also at enhanced risk of psychological and physical abuse and neglect. And this is so very true, especially from my own experience, but I also know from my own experience that they don't care if they're psychological or physical abuse. That is not their main uh, concern with the children. the future of the children. Okay. No, as long as they're part of the member of the group, it doesn't matter. Oh my it doesn't really matter. Also, in that same uh, article, it says that early marriage for girls is common, uh, frequently, of course, to significantly older men. The resultant early sexual activity, the pregnancies and childbirth, have negative health implication on the girls and also significantly limit their socioeconomic development. Shortened interbirth intervals pose a heightened risk of various problems for both the mother and the child. In polygamy groups, the frustration of the parents, especially the mother, is often vented upon their young children. That was certainly the case in my own experience and most of my own siblings, and is the case in a huge number of abused children raised in polygamous families. Sadly, polygamous doctrine often emphasizes harsh discipline against children. The terror that is caused in the child's mind may never be forgotten or reconciled as they mature. 
It causes anger against religion, rebellion against authority, disrespect against patriarchy, hatred for God and civil authority, or it totally breaks the spirit of the children and they mature as an empty shell with no individuality, the inability to think logically or to engage in critical thinking, abilities that every human being should have and every child should have the opportunity to develop and they can't do it in these groups. Another normal practice in some polygamy groups is the withholding of proper medical attention and treatment and children have died uh, even though they had treatable conditions, oh. medical conditions. This is big in the Kingston group. They just don't but, want to bring outsiders into the... No, it's the money factor and also, oh, they'll find out we're polygamous. Oh, well, well, they already know they're polygamous. <laughs> the, uh, the FLDS has a large child cemetery with many unnamed graves. Other polygamy groups also have unnamed graves in unnamed places, stillborn babies or those who died shortly after birth buried in the backyards of some of the members. Most of the time, polygamous wives have babies at home and if the newborn dies, there's no birth certificate, no doctor on duty, no record on earth that this person ever existed, just buried in an unnamed grave somewhere, mm. and only a few will ever know it. And this happens more than most of our viewers would ever guess or even believe. Hard manual labor for everyone, including the children, is another aspect of polygamy groups that is just taken for granted by the member and is imposed on the members by leadership. We have another quote. Information shared by some women of the LDS, FLDS, reveals that backbreaking labor is the norm at FLDS compounds, even for children, and physical violence is routine. Sister wives frequently punish each other for transgressions by beating the children of the offending wife. Mothers giving birth to babies with disabilities are deemed sinful mothers and are encouraged to let the baby die. Additionally, mothers are encouraged to keep many of their children at arm's length. Hugging and kissing, signs of affection, are frowned upon. Is that true? That's true. Yeah. My own experience, of course, growing up in, in the polygamous family I grew up in, I can't ever remember of a time when my parents ever exhibited or expressed love to each other in front of us or to us to as, as our children, children in each other, not even with a hug. Many people ask, well, why do they stay? Why don't they just walk away from it? They, you know, that's easier said than done. Yeah. And again, it's not that easy, and most of them really just can't. And we have another quote for you. Religion, the reason these women say they stay, is also used to validate the brainwashing and in some cases physical abuse employed to keep women and children submissive, said Marcy Hamilton, a law professor and author who has studied polygamous sex for 10 years. The women are wholly dependent on the patriarchal community. The primary responsibility of women in these communities is to serve their husbands, conceive as many children as possible, and raise those children to become obedient members of the religion. And again, we, sh we see the patriarchal um, nature here, yeah. serve their husbands, and whatever uh, the patriarchy says 
is the rule. The mothers and the children often lack the education that they need uh, to be able to exist if they left uh, and tried to live outside the polygamous community. Plus, they are warned from the cradle that there are (laughs) evil people who will harm them if they leave the polygamy group. Mm -hmm. Then there is the threat which began with Joseph Smith of eternal damnation for any and all who walk away from their religion. So not only are they risking physical and financial danger if they leave, they are also putting their eternal soul in danger of being destroyed. Polygamy groups target the outside world as an evil to be rejected. This is a huge psychological barrier. And when you say, why don't they just walk away? This is a big part of it. This is huge. Yeah, we have another quote. From Dr. Beale. Children are taught to be afraid of the outside world, that society is dangerous in many ways, and the only sanctuary for them is within the community of believers. Outside people are wicked, government is a conspiracy that will destroy them, and doctors are evil and will hurt them with their practices. Because the world is considered temporary and soon to be destroyed anyway, children are taught that there is no need to be involved with it. So you can see how they do the isolation. Everything is evil. The doctors are evil. The education is evil. The people are evil. The government is evil. Everything outside of this little group is evil, and that scares them. And, and, and it's a, it's the a definition huge... definition of a cult, for mm-hmm. sure. It definitely is. Yeah. Uh, we were taught, uh, as almost everyone who is born in a Mormon polygamy group, that if we're involved in or with the outside world, we would become contaminated and, of course, influenced into bad behavior. We would become useless to the group and to God. And then when God comes back to destroy the world, he will keep the polygamous group safe. But if we are out in the world at that time, we will be destroyed with the world. Pressure. (laughs) Yeah, pressure on pressure. And of course, their doctrine is cruel and it is a lie. Dr. Beale makes note about the impact on children that polygamy groups can have. He lists some of these ramifications, which we will read, and they'll go on the screen. Yeah, harsh physical discipline, religious ideology provides a rational a rationale for child abuse. Because of a need to preserve privacy, a rejection of medical intervention, and other social services the child may need. Okay, so there's there, there they are just taking away some of the ne- special yeah. basic needs that children have. And since the polygamous society functions as a closed and often uh, physically isolated society, there is resistance of investigation by possible child abuse. This is item number three. It has also been reported to the author that local police and authorities are often members of the polygamous community or sympathetic to it, (laughs) and appropriate legal actions are not taken. This is important. Uh, And it's also sad because the leader, the the officers are polygamists, right? In the FLDS community and in some areas, but even as he has mentioned in here that sometimes maybe they're not part of the the um, uh, police department, but they're sympathetic to it. 
Right. And and that's true. That's why polygamy continues to rage because so many of them are maybe not part of it, but they are sympathetic to it. And that's not good news. Number four. Yeah, another area. The child's educational experience is limited, rendering the child less prepared to function in society. And that's exactly what the community wants. Yeah. They don't want them to be able to be well leave the group yeah. and be prepared to function on yeah. their own. They need to be dependent. And finally, a former FLDS member made these statements about the process of brainwashing, the implanted fear and the pain that results from being born and raised in the Mormon polygamy religion. She notes that no, not only are they indoctrinated into polygamy from birth, but they grow up being told this is the only way to achieve exaltation, the only way to have happiness, yet they see the sadness of their sisters and their mothers and their aunts. Little children are very perceptive about emotions and pain of people around them, and they see and they feel it in the women around them every day. Thus, they grow up fully believing that their lives are normal. They know this painful existence is required. They know it is hard. They know it creates jealousies and sadness and sorrow. But they also see the incredible effort put forth by all the women around them to keep it on the inside, to smile and to rejoice on the outside or to keep sweet as the FLDS are fond of saying, when it was actually become a curse to bear. Many children grow up being treated poorly by the other mothers and the other mother's children. This is what they live. It is their normal. So it continues from one generation to the next. And that is polygamy. And this has been just a small amount of information on the impact <coughs> that Mormon polygamy has on the children. They're treated harshly. The forced child labor is not unusual. Sexual abuse is the norm for many of them. Child brides and trafficking is also a normal activity by most of the polygamy groups. We cannot emphasize enough that it is a tragedy to say live and let live regarding the lifestyle of plural marriage. All this abuse, breaking the laws of the land as well as breaking the laws of God, and then to blame God as having commanded it, is slander against God's character and also His holiness. It is a supreme criminal act against the men, the women, and the children who are caught up in these groups and cannot get out, can't get away. Freedom of religion in America is not freedom to break the law. It is not freedom to harm families, and it is not freedom to exploit those who can't defend themselves. So this is just um, uh, the beginning, you know, I just had to glean so much from these studies. And, it's amazing. And next time it'll be the women and the men that are harmed. And what about the programs on television that, that tend to portray polygamy as a wonderful... Uh, uh, just a viable a choice. A viable choice. They, yeah. they never talk about the... A really disastrous part of this. And they wouldn't dare on their pro-polygamy no, programs, they, they wouldn't dare bring out these, these negative points. But it's just a facade. Yeah. It really is. When you dig deep into the groups, and I'm not saying there's not individual families that are better off than others. Sure. That's obviously... And, and some with love and others. But when children believe that this is normal... When they believe this it's is normal. This their normal. That's, that's right. And, and don't trust anything on the outside that's... Mm -hmm. 
scary. It, it, it is. It's bad. It's very bad. And next time we're going to talk about um, what these studies have said, the harms of polygamy on women. Thank you again, Earl. You we'll pleasure. see you next time. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus warned, Do not hinder the children to come to him. Yet that's precisely what polygamy groups do. Because of the abuse, too many of their children grow up hating God, they despise God's authority, or choose a religion that has changed who God is. They have been taught that polygamy and sexual abuse and physical abuse are God's will, but that's a lie from hell. And the true God of the Bible is love, and he hates all child abuse and polygamy, and it was never his plan for marriage. See you next time on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of a Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.